All right. Um, well, on my like Microsoft Word, the notes were two pages, but I understand there are three for you. So, just so you know, we don't need like some intermission or something today. I don't plan. It's just the quotes are really long, so it's not. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I've been going through uh, some different controversial things and some rebuking last week with the uh, Lord's Supper and getting, making sure we're serious about it and understanding what it's all about. And so Paul's going to continue looking at different issues uh, in this next chapter, uh, chapter 12, um, which uh, I've entitled Gifted People. Now, some of you may think when you see gifted people, uh, you may... Uh, think more like this, uh, I believe it's Gary Larson is his name of the far side, uh, this cartoon. Um, you put that <laughs> Some of you not getting it quite, I don't know. But uh, anyway, yeah, you're like, that's probably the way I'm, you know, no, 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 no. Actually, um, I'm very excited about tonight, the material, because um, it's a great message, not from me, but from God's Word. It's really an exciting thing, I think, for every Christian. And here's the deal. Um, who in here, at some point in your life, probably not as an adult, but maybe it's okay. You don't have to admit it. Um, but maybe as a kid, you wanted to be a superhero. At least you would like to have superpowers. Anybody? Yeah, me. I mean, you know. Uh, you can even talk about, I mean, you can have debates with people. And I don't care how old you are. You can have a debate about... If you could have a superpower, what would it be? And you'll have debates about it, you know, um, you know, invisible, that's kind of cool. You know, major, flying has got to be near the top. I mean, that's neat. You know, uh, x-ray vision, I don't know. But there's other things you could list. You know, did you know that every Christian has a superpower? Yeah, go ahead and show it up there. Every Christian, really, you don't have to wear it. You know, the duds there, but every Christian really has a superpower because they're not natural. They're supernatural powers. Okay, so let's look at this thing called gifted people. That's what I've entitled it. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Let's read through these verses and then talk about them. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that ye were Gentiles, or you might also read pagans there, carried away into these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given the Spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. Let's pray and uh, we'll jump into this. Thank you, God, for this night. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you, what a privilege that you choose to gift each one of us with something from you in order to serve you, our king, in a special way. 
That's just awesome. And so I pray that that excitement that you give me about that will somehow flow to the rest of the folks here um, and realize that they are special, that you have gifted them specially to serve you, the King of Kings. And so I pray that they will grasp that tonight to help me to speak, uh, uh, to speak well and to uh, expound on your word correctly, dear Lord, and guide me by your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, so first of all, I want to look at, this is a spiritually unique power, uh, spiritually unique power. In the first verse, he says, now concerning spiritual gifts. So what is happening here is either this writing is in response to questions he's received, which many think, or maybe he's just heard about some things. So I think Paul had both. He had some people that were asking him questions and he wanted to respond, but also he was hearing about some things that were going on in Corinth that were not right. Okay, and spiritual gifts is one of the areas where they were messing up. Okay, and so uh, either way, that's why he's addressing this now concerning... And I like this part. He's, now, he's not name-calling. I would not have you ignorant. Okay, he's not, being, he's not calling names. He's just saying that not to be unaware. Okay, that's what he's saying. That's really what the word means. And here's the deal. The Corinthians and us as well need to be informed about spiritual gifts. He would not have them ignorant. In other words, ah, oh, we talk about this and that. Spiritual gifts, eh, you can get into that if you want to. That's not Paul's attitude. No, he does not want them to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. So that's an important thing uh, for them to know about. Chuck Swindoll says this, Paul marks the importance of the issue by saying he doesn't want the believers to be unaware or ignorant. Paul believed that it is vital for Christians to have the right knowledge of spiritual gifts, understanding how they are to function in the lives of each believer and, more importantly, in the life of the church community. Yeah. Um, and so with this, he, uh, he's going to spiritual gifts, and these are spiritual. So there's a power there, but a little warning, okay? There's a little warning here with this. I'm going to read you about a person and their church um, and some stuff written about them. He became possessed of a spirit and suddenly began to rave in a kind of ecstatic trance and the babble jargon prophesying in a manner contrary to the custom of the church, boldly uh, intimidated Christians by claiming his followers were more spiritual than those who had only the dead letter of the Scriptures. And about his church, this was written what was happening. We have among us now a sister who has been granted gifts of revelations, which she experiences in church during the Sunday services through ecstatic vision in the Spirit. And after the people have been dismissed at the end of the service, it is her custom to relate to us what she has seen. Now, you may say, oh, I know, that's so-and-so or something. You may be even thinking somebody in present day. And that actually says something, but actually we're going back to the second century. This was a heretic named Montanus. The church declared him a heretic. Now, he had a lot of things right about the Christian faith, but he had things wrong um, he was from Phrygia. He believed that he was a prophet, okay? And this is, this is second century. This is after the completion of the New Testament, okay? Uh, sent by God to reform Christianity. That's always a problem. Through asceticism, the practice of glossolalia, that means speaking in tongues, and continued prophetic revelation. So you got your Bible, big deal. Montanus has your word today. That would be the kind of thing he was doing. And this was way back in the second century, when this was happening, okay? And so uh, this is something to be aware of. 
Uh, we're going to get back to this, but once again, he says, you know that you were Gentiles carried away in these dumb idols, even as you were led. And notice here, he says, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Well, and some part of me wants to go, well, duh. So what's the deal? More than likely, the deal is, is that people are seeing things with power and are being swayed by those things. Okay, that's what's happening. Now, there could be an argument, and I like to follow logic, where you could say, no, 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 Brother Chris, just because those things went on with Montanus doesn't necessarily mean a church today that does similar things is heretical. And I would say, logically speaking, true, but that's not my point. My point is, just because you see something having power, excitement, or appearance of being spiritual doesn't mean it's of God. Satan has mighty power. Mighty power. Um, People can be roused to do all kinds of things. So just because we see power doesn't mean that it's God. Okay, and that's, I think, the mistake that the Corinthians were making. Uh, MacArthur explains, one of the chief evidences of the spiritual immaturity of the Corinthian Christians was a lack of discernment. If an occult practice seemed to have a supernatural effect, they assumed it was of God. If a priest or soothsayer performed a miracle, they assumed it was God's power. Like many Christians today, they believe that if something works, it must be right and good. Some of the believers, however, realized that the confusion, division, and moral practices that characterized many of the church members could not be of God. They asked Paul to tell them how to determine what was of the Holy Spirit and what was of some other spirit. And thus he responds, Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away in these dumb idols. He goes on to say and tells, you know, the whole thing, if they speak, uh, speaking by the Spirit, nobody does that, calls Jesus accursed. And you can't say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. MacArthur explains more. The New Testament Corinth was filled with priests, priestesses, religious prostitutes. It was all over. Soothsayers, diviners of mystery religions who claimed to represent a god or gods and to have supernatural powers that proved their claims. Unbelievably, some of their dramatic and bizarre practices were mimicked in the church. And so here's the deal. Doctrine is the judge of spiritual experience. My Bible and the truths that I get from it, which is what doctrine is, that decides. Not how many people are swayed by it, not how it makes me feel, not how powerful it looks. My Bible, doctrine decides whether something is of God or not. And you'll see that throughout Scripture. Um, And it's easy to be swayed by these things. We have to be very careful. After all, Satan's going to do this very thing in the last days. He's going to do this very thing. In fact, swaying people with miracles and everything else. Okay? Okay? So this is something we do have to be aware of. Um, I mean, if there's a major point I could get across tonight, it's that one right there. That doctrine is the judge of spiritual experience. And I don't just mean any doctrine. I mean it's based on Scripture. That is the judge. Um, then going from that, looking again, he says that he gives this terms, these terms in here, by the Spirit of God and by the Holy Ghost. So I know that some error on the side I've just talked about, but I know that uh, from those, many times even this denomination, has been called dry. You know, lacking the Spirit. You guys don't like the Holy Spirit, which is not true. Is it possible to be that way? Yes. 
Yes. So there's something, there's a middle ground where the truth is actually here. And here's the deal. We're to stick to the Bible and stick to doctrine, but also realize there is a wonderful being called the Holy Spirit that indwells each of us that are saved. And we are saved supernaturally. Okay, we are saved supernaturally. It's nothing that you work for or whatever. And, and I think it's possible that we could, even in this congregation, and even despite the wonderful preaching that you do, sometimes it doesn't click right away with people. And you can have people in your congregation that can come and feel. The services are wonderful here. I mean, I tell my wife every, every, every uh, Sunday, we get home after Sunday, you know, Sunday afternoon, and I'm like, man, church service is wonderful. You know, and she goes, she goes, she calls me buddy. We call each other buddy. And she goes, buddy, you say it every Sunday. I'm like, well, it's just true. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. You know, you can get, though, as an unsaved person, I believe you can feel how wonderful that is and everything else. And if it's not clicking with you, miss it and think you're still working to get to heaven. Not because of what's preached here, because the gospel's preached, but somehow it's not clicking. And there are people out there that believe that. So let me say again, you are supernaturally saved. It is a work of God, 100% in your heart, that makes you into a new creation. But don't miss this. After that, we don't live by works. You cannot live the Christian life successfully in your own power. You have to have supernatural power that only comes from God, and that is through the Holy Spirit inside of you. We don't try to have the fruits of the Spirit. We allow Him to produce the fruits of the, of the Spirit. We don't do any of this stuff. We're not trying to grow the fruit or whatever. We're abiding in the vine, okay? And we, the branches, He produces the fruit through us, okay? And a lot of people miss that. They're trying so hard to live the Christian life. They need to stop trying so hard. There's some effort involved, but the real power comes from the Holy Spirit, Okay, and so that, that understanding, that doesn't make us dry. That makes us scriptural and recognizing what the Spirit can do in our life. And that's the way that we're supposed to be. So spiritual gifts are part about, of this whole thing. And MacArthur says spiritual gifts are divine enablements for the ministry, characteristics of Jesus Christ that are to be manifested through the body, the body of Christ, corporate, just as they were manifested through the body incarnate. Each gift the Holy Spirit now gives to believers has its perfect expression in Jesus' own life and ministry. His church continues to live out his life on earth through the powers of his spirit working through his gifted people. And after all, he left and gave us the Holy Spirit, didn't he? And the whole thing was where Jesus was confined to one area, Christians can be all over the world with the Holy Spirit inside, working the works of Christ. So that's the whole deal, and a lot of this is done through the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, so the next thing is there's spiritual unity in diversity. All right, so we've got all these gifts, and the, the Corinthians, they were getting a lot of these things messed up. They were proud of the gifts they had. Some of them were like, oh, too bad, you don't have my gift. They were like that. I mean, they were really being like that, okay, um, and missing the point, really focusing on themselves many times. So here's the deal. He goes through this, like, three-verse thing, driving this point home. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And the gifts here is talking about the gifts of the Spirit, okay? But it's the same Spirit. Look, it's not you. It's the gift that God gave you and gave to brother so-and-so a different one and sister so-and-so a different one. But it's all orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. 
Whatever gift you've got, that's great, but the deal is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's doing all of this, okay? Then he says there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Administrations could be seen as ministries. Notice, though, once again, same Lord. Different gifts, but united under the same Lord that gave them, enables them, empowers these gifts. It's Him, okay? It's not about you or me or what gifts we've got. It's Him, okay? And this uh, ministries is the same word from which we get servant or deacon, okay? So, in other words, your spiritual gifts... There are also places for you to serve. For instance, uh, here uh, at our church, we do have some different places. I've listed some right there, nursery, children's church, you know, different places where you can serve. And there's, that's not the only ones, obviously. And then, of course, there's, we might say, uh, unofficial ministries or whatever, you know, personal ministries that God has given you, whatever to benefit uh, the church and glorify Him, but uh, to use your spiritual gift. So you have a spiritual gift, or two or three or four, I'm not sure, at least one. But there's also ways that you can use that and minister with those, okay? And so I think uh, one of the great things about this church is there are so many ministries that people can plug into and use their diverse spiritual gifts. And so I think that's a neat thing. Uh, Also, he says, there are diversities of operations. Once again, though, notice, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. Operations here, the Greek word implies energy. Um, And Marvin Vincent says that Paul's the only one that really uses this in the Greek, and he says he uses it only of superhuman good or evil. So it's not that I'm, you know, jacked-up energy person. It's not that, you know, my personality's driven that. It's not really, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with superhuman or supernatural energy, okay? And that's what he's talking about. In other words, it's the power to use these gifts and the supernatural results that come from them. God working through me, through you, your spiritual gift or gifts, he gives them, but not only that, he enables you with them, and he works through them, and then what's completed is done by his power. So that's what's going on. But notice once again, these three things mentioned, Spirit, Lord, and God, what many people see here is the Trinity. The Trinity. God is working through all of these things, his spiritual gifts. Every Christian is given at least one gift. Every Christian gets at least one gift. One superpower, in other words. You may have more, but you get at least one. Christians have opportunities to use these gifts in a vast number of ministries. And all of it is empowered by, directed by, and profited by the Lord. That's the way this works. Diversity in all the different gifts, yet unity in who we serve and what his purposes are. That's the way it's supposed to work. Not all over the place, you know, like some of the Corinthians were. Uh, And then he says this, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. These gifts manifest means they make known the Lord. They make, that's, so there is a, there's a vertical purpose for these gifts to glorify God, whatever gift he's given me. I mean, if you know what your gift is and you serve, it literally ought to be like this. It ought to be, it was a pleasure to serve you, my king, today with the gift that you have given me. What an honor to be given this gift. 
and to be able to serve you with it. That really ought to be it. Not, man, that did pretty good. That's really not it at all. That's what the Corinthians were doing. It's all about God. But there's also a horizontal level to this. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. Swindoll explains this word withal as a translation of a word derived from the Greek word symphero. When I think of symphero, I think of symphony. And that's kind of what he's talking about here, which means to bring together. God never intended for us to practice and perform our spiritual instruments, and he's talking about the gifts, in insulated soundproof rooms. He wants us to take our seats in the orchestra and under the direction of the Spirit, make beautiful, harmonious music that builds others up. We are to use our gifts to glorify God vertically and horizontally to edify the body of Christ. They're not used for us to show off. They're not to make us just happy, but I think you will be happy if you use your gift. They're used to help my other brothers and sisters in Christ. And as, uh, as we'll be, the next passage we'll talk about, this is like your body. I'm not going to go into that, all that, but that's really the next analogy he goes to with all that is the way it's supposed to work. All these different things, but working together. You know, and so that's the way the gifts are supposed to be used. To glorify God, there's something vertical there, but also a horizontal level. I'm supposed to use my gift or gifts to help you, and God empowers me to do that. You're supposed to use your gifts to help everybody here as well. That's the way the spiritual gifts are supposed to be used. And once again, don't get over the fact that God has given you at least one, and it's neat that he's done so. And he wants to use it and use you with that. That's an awesome thought. First uh, Peter 4, 10 and 11 kind of echo this a little bit. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He has a praise service at the end of that verse. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's the spirit that we're supposed to serve with our spiritual gifts. Now there's a spiritually diverse gifting. It is very diverse. So I'm not going to break down all these gifts that he lists. And actually he doesn't list all of them. Um, there's different places in the New Testament where spiritual gifts are listed. Uh, for to one is given the spirit, the word of wisdom, another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. And some of these may have changed a bit since the Bible has been completed. Because before the Bible was completed, we didn't have all the inspiration, you know, that, the revelation that God meant us to have. And so he used his apostles and different people like that to do things. But now we have the completed word of God. So some of these have changed somewhat. Um, but uh, he says, to another faith with the same spirit. God gives evidently some people faith that others don't have. We should all have faith, but there's some people have this extra faith that God gives. Uh, to others, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. So being able to tell whether something's really of God or whether it's of the other side. Um, you know. Uh, to another, divers kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. I went through, and here's one listing of spiritual gifts. And Now, we've got a spiritual gifts test here tonight, and so it will list some. And sometimes people classify these a little different. Uh, but what I want you to see is look at the number and this may not be all of them but the number and the diversity 
that's here in these gifts. I mean, apostles, prophets, teaching, miracles, healings, helps, administration, tongues, interpretations of tongues, faith, knowledge, wisdom, discernment, exhortation. I mean, I want you to get it. You're like, well, I don't know that I'm really a, a teacher. Look, there's a spiritual gift of helps, and there's one of exhortation. Some people are just gifted with, when they see people, they encourage them no matter what. I mean, they're just encouragers. There's a spiritual gift like that. There's a spiritual gift of people that just like to help. I mean, what are they, they just like to help all the time. Whatever it is, I mean, they just, and they derive great joy from that. You know, that's a spiritual gift. You know, some people have the gift of, and we don't think it's very spiritual, but administrating. The church needs it. Yeah. Some people have that gift. Others don't. <laughs> but some people have that gift. That's a, that's a gift of the Spirit. There's giving. All people are to give. But some people just have, they just have the ability to give in all kinds of ways. And they just get a thrill out of it. You probably got the gift of giving, if so. I mean, there's, a, there's also a gift of evangelism. I've known some people in my life that... that you know, it's, it's that this person preaches a gospel message and this person does. But when this person does it, there's something different. And people respond in ways that they, I don't see them respond on. You know, uh, every preacher should preach the gospel. But sometimes I think some people just have God's hand on them in a certain way. And even this gift, and that happens. So uh, these are all various kind of gifts. Okay, I want you to see that. How uh, God is just has all these different gifts that he's spreading out among his people. And about this, uh, MacArthur says, a believer's gifts can be an overlapping combination taken in different proportions from the categories of gifts. One person may be obviously strong in a single gift, such as teaching. So maybe that's their thing. They're really strong in one. But another may not be strong in any one gift, but have some measure of three or four categories. It's best to see each person's gift as a unique blend of the categories of giftedness which means their spiritual gift, granted to that individual in connection with his or her traits. What that means is with your talents, whether born with that or gained through education or something that learning, are those spiritual gifts? No. But are they gifts from God? Yes. Every good thing comes from God. And what he's saying is, he believes, and I do too, God pairs up those spiritual gifts with some other talents that you have, some personality traits sometimes that you have, and even experiences, some experiences that you have that he can then use with those. And here's the really cool thing. Each believer becomes as unique spiritually as his fingerprints are physically. Do you know what that means? That means that God looks at you. And he's been working on you. I'm going to give them this spiritual gift or these spiritual gifts. I'm going to raise them up with these experiences. I'm going to give them, allow them to be born with this talent, or they're going to learn it. And with all that, I'm specially equipping them apart from any other person on this planet to work for me in a special way to do these things. Is that a cool thought? The creator of the universe... What's that with you and me? I mean, I think that I'm getting tingly because I think that's exciting. That's an awesome thing because I'm not worth it. No, but evidently he thinks I am. I don't think I am. But what a great God that does that. He's not just saving us. Man, he wants to use us in these specialized ways. And then we get to use these things together with each other in the body of Christ. 
I think that's a marvelous, awesome thing. Um, a site that I enjoy going to lots of times, um, and I've never really found anything wrong with it, you know, every once in a while, I mean, if you, you go, you'll have a, a minor disagreement or something, but the, never anything major, is a site called gotquestions.org. I don't know if you guys have ever visited that, but it's a neat, it's a neat site. And if you go there, you can read what they say, and then they'll even suggest a book after that to read. It's a pretty, pretty neat place. Um, but they say this, identifying our spiritual giftedness can be accomplished in various ways. Spiritual gift tests are, or inventories. Now, we've got one of those in front of you. Um, while not to be fully relied on, and so let me say, uh, spiritual gift, this one's pretty extensive, so it's pretty neat. I encourage you to do it, okay? However, understand, it's not inspired. Okay, so man makes spiritual gifts, and people are, are, are led and gifted to look at different things and all that. But to be honest, um, you know, and they can narrow down some pretty. Usually when I do these spiritual gift things, it comes back telling me a certain thing every time. Okay, and so, and it's what other people have told me too. So, so that, that's what I get. So, you know, they're, they're good at, at least pointing you in the right direction, you know, uh, and sometimes getting you to understand some of this. But they're not inspired. Okay, they're not inspired, so do understand that. But they, they're, they're definitely useful. Uh, while not to be fully relied upon, can definitely help us understand where our gifting might be. Confirm, now this is another one. Confirmation from others also gives light to our spiritual giftedness. In other words, I'm asking you right now, have you ever had somebody else, a fellow Christian, tell you, you know you're good at so-and-so? And you just brushed it off and said, nah, don't do that. Listen to them. Listen to them. You're good at so-and-so. Listen to them. You know, I think you ought to. Now, it doesn't mean that they're right. It doesn't mean that suddenly, you know, Gabriel came and spoke to them and told them to tell you that. But listen. Listen. When those things pair up, and if you do this spiritual gift test, and it will hit you if somebody said that. And it'll come back to your brain. You know, so-and-so told me that. Yeah. God works that way through his people. Um, uh, also, he says, um, other people who see us serving the Lord can often identify spiritual gift and use that we might take for granted or not recognize. Somehow we just don't notice it. Prayer is also important. Well, we've already learned tonight that we're not spe- supposed to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. God wants you to use them, so hey, why not pray about it? Hey, God, show me what my spiritual gift or gifts is and, and direct me in the way that you've designed me to serve. I really want to know that. I would challenge you, everybody in here, to pray that, okay? Uh, so, yeah, prayer is important. The one person, and this is why, who knows exactly how we're spiritually gifted is the gift giver himself, the Holy Spirit. We can ask God to show us how we are gifted in order to better use our spiritual gifts for his glory. Now, here's the deal, because with this, there's a little bit of a danger, Okay, that can happen, so make sure you understand this. Uh, God calls some to be teachers and gives them the gift of teaching. God calls some to be servants and blesses them with the gift of helps. However, specifically knowing our spiritual gift does not excuse us from serving God in areas outside of our gifting. Is it beneficial to know what spiritual gift or gifts that God has given us? Well, of course it is. Is it wrong to focus so much on spiritual gifts that we miss other opportunities to serve God? Yes. 
If we are dedicated to being used by God, he will equip us with the spiritual gifts that we need. One of the things that I've really learned through this is don't sit in your seat until God somehow divinely... with is this, No, I always call that the God light up there. The, uh, the light right up here because it shines down. I always want to... Like that. Don't wait until he does that to you in your seat. Well, I'm going to serve God with my spiritual gifts as soon as he drops it in my lap. That's not really what God wants. Just serve. Serve, pray about it, and I guarantee you, through that, you can do things like the spiritual gift test. And say, he will show you. He will show you. When you find your spiritual gift, you will find what baseball players call the sweet spot on the bat. Well, they can hit a home run and they don't even feel it. That it's the sweet spot. You will find that sweet spot. And so, and I, there's nothing like it. So I want you to find that sweet spot. Because I know there's at least one for you because everybody has a spiritual gift. Yeah, I want you to find that. Last of all, spiritually determined distribution. So once again, the Corinthians, some of them had, they were gifted. He says that at the very beginning of 1 Corinthians. They were gifted. They weren't lacking in any spiritual gift. But they were using them wrong. And they were going crazy with some of them, and they were touting some of them that had some gifts. were like, our gifts are better than yours. And they were making something to do with themselves. That's not the way it's supposed to be. And so some of them were like, well, I I need the so-and-so gift. That's what I need so I can be like that too. And they were getting this mindset. Uh, The last verse we're looking at tonight says, but all these worketh that one, all these gifts, worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will, as he determines. It is the Holy Spirit that is sovereign. In the dispensing of gifts. He decides. Okay, he decides what gifts we get. That's the deal. It's his choice. But whatever gift or gifts you get, what an honor to have that from the king of kings. I mean, I literally, I see each of us like knights and we just bow before him. And he's given us, he has knighted us. And with that, some powerful magical sword that he has endowed us with certain powers. And that's what we get to use for him and serving him. And we can come back when we use those in the power that he's given us with that gift. And just like I said, just bow and sit there and say, it was, it was an honor to serve you, my Lord, today with the gift that you gave me. And everybody has, a, has an opportunity to do that. Warren Wiersbe says this, No Christian should complain about his or her gifts, nor should any believer boast about his or her gifts. We are many members in one body ministering to each other. And I would add, and glorifying God. Spiritual gifts, what a wonderful thing. You really have been given a superpower, a supernatural power. And God didn't just give it to you so it stays inside in a little box. It's supposed to be used. So I encourage all of you to have that in mind. Pray about it. Listen to others who have told you. The spiritual gifts test can help. And like I said, God will ultimately show you, I think. Keep serving. You don't have to wait until you know what it is to serve. And I really believe that he will enable you to see what he wants you to do. Okay. And this thing about the body kind of segues into what's coming up uh, next time. But, uh, yeah. I just think the spiritual gifts are awesome.